Welcome to Eden Speaks. Our prayer for this podcast is that this can be a place of openness, grace, honesty, and connection with our sisters in Christ and any brothers out there who are tuning in. While this podcast is in connection to our women's ministry at Living Word in Oak Harbor, Washington, we welcome everyone that is looking for real Christ-centered conversations. Some of these conversations may be hard and emotional, stirring up parts of us that we would prefer to keep hidden and protected. Ephesians 5.13 says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Let us be that light to one another. Let's take a step outside of our comfort zone. Let's trust Jesus to show us how to give grace and hope to others, and also put us in a posture to receive it as we engage in a journey of growth. Let's speak the truth of God's word. Let's always speak love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eden Speaks, a place of hope, encouragement, and grace. I'm Amy. And I'm Shannon. And today we have a special guest here for you. We're going to talk all about emotionally healthy spirituality, which is what our Eden Connect group is knee deep in the midst of. Mariah Connerly, how are you today? Tell us a little bit about yourself. We're so excited you're here. I'm doing great. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. Um, yeah, my name's Mariah Connerly. I am just turned 27 years old. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, feel, you know, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm like, it just keeps going from here. Mm-hmm. So it's a little exciting, a little not. Um, I am married. I'm a military spouse. We moved here in 2018 and mm-hmm. started coming to Living Word probably, I think, the first Sunday after we moved here because all of our friends came here and spoke so highly of it. And we actually live right down the street. Mm-hmm. And so we used to walk. Now we don't walk because we're always late. <laughs> um, and it's always my fault. <laughs> always. Um, I have two dogs and one cat, and they are pretty much my babies. Mm-hmm. And I'm a real estate agent. Nice. Yeah. That is fun. A real oh, estate agent. Are you busy? Like Oh, insanely busy. And you love it? I do. I think... Honestly, when I think about it, I think I can do pretty much anything that has to do with helping people and I would be pretty happy with it. Mm -hmm. And so I love real estate because I can be everywhere and anywhere at any time. And so I'm like not at a desk the whole time. I could be out and about if it's nice weather. I could be looking at vacant land. I could be looking at, you know, homes in La Conner or Anacortes. So I think it kind Mm -hmm. of fits my thinking and energy levels really well because I feel like I can be all over the place and mm-hmm. real estate can be all over the place. So mm-hmm. I think it keeps me very, um, what is the word? Just very involved. Like I just, I love it. So yeah. yeah, it's cool. You don't have like a duplicate day, which is nice. You don't yeah. get into a rut of any sort because it's not like day in and day out groundhog day situation. No, no, it's every day is different. And sometimes it's really awesome. And then other times you're like, Oh, I would love to have a day that I had yesterday (laughs) because real estate is just a a crazy world. Um, and if you don't draw boundaries, it could very much be something that drains you, um, very, very easily. So I think that's one thing I've definitely learned with real estate is to, to draw boundaries because it's not your nine to five job, you know, you don't hit a yeah, a clock and leave. It's right. Pretty much, people can call or text All you access. anytime. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. Hard. Well, we want to hear all about how you're feeling about this book. Ooh, <laughs> we're three chapters in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We just finished chapter three last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, by the time this goes out on Friday, we'll have oh yeah, reviewed yeah. chapter four. I Chap- suppose. Yeah. yeah. But we're As talking of right now. Chapters one, two, and three. Yeah. 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 Two and three, two, the 
feelings, you know, being able to accept that we have feelings and that God gave us feelings and um, chapter three about family stuff, just as a quick reminder to everybody in case you're trying to remember which chapters were, were what. So yeah, let's just kind of dig into what things have really stood out to you, what what things have rocked your world, because I think a lot of people are having their their worlds rocked and in a really great way. I mean it always doesn't doesn't always feel great, but I think that getting things shook up like that is is really good for us. So it might be a little uncomfortable, but that doesn't equal bad. Yeah, uncomfortable doesn't mean bad. I agree. And I feel like we can't grow without that. Without absolutely growth is always uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah, so, we're not going to be doing any type of growing. If we're like, I'm good, I'm comfortable, everything's fine. Yeah. We're not doing a whole lot of growing. Yeah, you have to have that tension. Yes. I mean, and I, I feel like, you know, the Bible talks about iron sharpening iron, and we do that so much for each other. But, I mean, when you think about iron sharpening iron, it's not a clean business. No. I would have never done it right, so I can't, like, speak to it on a blacksmith. But I've seen people do it, and it's really hot, and there's a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's... I think the whole process of refinement is never easy, yeah. but, and it's usually never comfortable. I think if, unless, you know, you just have the Holy Spirit is doing a 360 inside of you, but it's usually not very comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a process for a reason. And mm-hmm. this book has been in the Lord, just, just, just funny things because I feel like I've been in a place where I've been trying to explore my emotions for about a year now, probably more seriously about a year. Um, For those who don't know, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. And if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, that is probably um, a whole nother podcast. Amy and Shannon can just school you on. Um, But long story short, you know, the, the seven has a hard time pinpointing emotions, um, mainly trying to just stay away from anything negative because we are fun chasers and, and we like to stay in the place where things are fun and spontaneous and just enjoyable. And I don't like to go to the place that's possibly painful, um, which was all of 2020. And I think that might even be like another, another conversation because (laughs) check on your sevens, your seven friends who went through 2020 because (laughs) things were very, on the front paper for us to not ignore, and it was a very hard year. Sure. Um, and for it was in your face, big time. You yeah. did not have a choice. Yeah. yeah, and I think generally, I can't speak for all sevens, right? So I'll just speak for myself. Generally, I just, in some way, unintentionally, I live by like ignorance is bliss, mm-hmm. and so I just was like, oh, if I don't know it, I can't be sad about it. It mm-hmm. can't hurt me, you know. I'm just gonna live in this space, and so there was so much that was brought out in 2020 to where you could not ignore things. And I think that was the Lord was really refining everyone. Right. But I feel like for me personally, it was just a year of experiencing emotions. I just never thought I could feel or even wanted to. And most days I didn't want to, but I just couldn't ignore it. And I'd be walking in the grocery aisle and I would look up and reach for some pasta and just start crying, mm-hmm. which was like, not me at mm-hmm. all. I'm just I'm not a crier again, happy, go lucky fun. But um, yeah, just, just things that I can avoid. And so I feel like for, you know, a year leading up to this, mm-hmm. I've been exper- experiencing very deep emotions and not necessarily kind of knowing where to put those or how to deal with them. Um, if they're good or if they're bad, right. Cause really up to this year, life has been pretty peachy keen. I've been able to ignore a lot of things unintentionally, um, 
And so I just think there's, I've just had a lot of emotions going on. And Mm -hmm. so going through emotionally healthy spirituality has really helped me in a lot of ways because I, um, and not on purpose. I just feel like sometimes in the church, we are taught feelings are bad, you know, and feelings are from the enemy. And if you listen to them, you'll be taken off the right path or, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, feelings aren't to be trusted. And there, are, there is some, you know, validity to that, right? Because we've all made decisions based on feelings that led us down the wrong way. Right. But at the same time, going through the Bible, God is very emotional. Yeah. had lots of feelings. I mean, books and books and, mm-hmm. and Jesus had feelings and he cared about people. And if, and if we're created with them, obviously there is a God given purpose because mm-hmm. can we get an amen that, God does not create something that does not have a purpose. And so we have them. It has to have a purpose. And so going through emotionally healthy spirituality for me has literally been rocking my boat. And some days I just want to put the book down and not read Mm because I'm like, it's almost too much. It it makes so much sense. This isn't fun at all. (laughs) I mean, it's it's, 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 you're a shen and you hit it. Right. Literally, I'm like, I can think of 10 other fun things to do. I hate working out, but I'm like, I should go ride my bike for an hour. Like, not have to like feel or get deep um but it's just been rocking my world that emotion our emotions are so deeply intertwined with god it is i think probably a little bit unfathomable mm-hmm. i mean just how deeply we, when we have the holy spirit dwelling within us I mean, we are connected with him. So it, it is almost, I want to say, just physically impossible mm-hmm. to separate feelings from God. And and I think there's a lot of negative effects to when we do that. And I think we see that a lot. Maybe let's, we don't have to point out in other people, but sometimes I feel like that's why ministries fall because people don't aren't in touch with their own emotional you know, or spiritual health. And mm-hmm. in my, my life, I've seen, you know, times when I look back where I was spiritually, I thought I was super healthy, but emotionally it was very immature mm-hmm. and things were not going well. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, um, mm-hmm. and that's important because I think that obviously it's important for both are important. Um, you know, spiritual development is really, really important. Spiritual maturity is really, really important. Understanding our the word of God and and spending time there, but it can't only be that because yeah. then when we function in the world outside of that time yeah. and we bump up against one another, you know, you said iron sharpens iron. Bump up against one another. That's where some of that stuff starts to get stirred up, yes. and and when we just resign it to well. Um, I'm going to put it over here in this box because mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be feeling any kind of thing about that. Actually, what comes out, if we ignore it like that and stuff it, stuff it, stuff it, what comes out of us is actually the opposite of our yep. spiritual training. Mm. Um, it is not, we end up not being, we're not, we don't look at all like Jesus. We're not living a lifestyle like him. We're not operating like him. We're not being like him. We're not able to because of all this stuff that's yeah. under the surface. And eventually, you know, because we're wired to have emotions and feelings and, um, you know, they are like lights on a dashboard. They're yeah. like rumble strips on the side of the road. You had said that earlier when we were talking before, um, when we ignore that, it's going to find a way out Oh yeah, and some, you know, in some way, shape or form. And, um, nice. and so it's, it's so important to have both. You can't, re- you can't neglect one for the other, either, or you can't be only emotionally um, healthy and no, yeah. no spiritual health. 
So you have to really pay attention to the, to the two. And we see examples of this over and over and over in the Bible for sure. Yes. Um, and so I think it's really important. I'm glad that you're pressing into it. I'm glad that you're liking it. I think that our, I think everybody in the group seems to be um, getting a lot out of it. Sometimes I'm like, will people show up this week? It was a really hard week to talk about. <laughs> like, no one's going to want to talk about this because it is. It's really yeah. uncomfortable. It, it is. It really, really is. It really is. And, you know, and I think, but it's just so important. And I think I keep coming back to that because I've ran from it for a very long time, mm-hmm. right? 27 years old, mm-hmm. probably just now really starting to explore my emotions because I kind of had to. Mm-hmm. My husband was deployed right before COVID hit. He, I mean, at least here in Washington, wherever you're listening from, you know, we kind of went into lockdown around April mm-hmm. of 2020. My husband left April 1st for a deployment. So he was gone, you know, other parts of the world, the entire time that I was here by myself, mm-hmm. which is like the worst thing for an extrovert or, you know, to be by yourself alone with your thoughts. Yeah, right? right. And so I, I, I think the Lord just very much, maybe a ton of people needed it. But for me, I just felt like he just slammed the brakes and was like, look, you've been avoiding this for far too long. Now you don't have anything else to do, right? Because we couldn't do anything. I couldn't distract myself. Like mm-hmm. even going backpacking and camping was off limits for a long time. And so I was kind of forced to deal with my emotions by the grace of God. Let's be honest, right? Because now just digging into it, I yeah. feel like there is just a washing coming over me as far as I feel like I've opened up a whole new line of com- communication for like the Holy Spirit to speak to me, mm-hmm. like through my emotions and, mm-hmm. and through my body and, mm-hmm. and viewing them as friends mm-hmm. and not as enemies. Whereas right. for a long yeah. time, I think I looked at it as they needed to be two separate things because, you know, for X, Y, Z, maybe it's just, it's easier that way. Easier, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely not easier. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because people feels easier. Told, it's yeah. less resistance. Yeah. 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 So it's just, uh, I'm glad I'm doing it. You know, at 27 years old, I wish I would have done it a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. Just as the author, you know, was kind of saying in his own words, talking about his own story, mm-hmm. but I always know God's timing is perfect. Yeah. So for mm-hmm. some reason, maybe I wasn't ready before and now I am. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Good. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Great. So good. Yeah. This, um, this chapter two <laughs> as a nine, I'm like, <laughs> Actually, it was funny. I at the um, towards the beginning of the chapter, I guess eh, maybe middle. Um, it it says the journey of genuine transformation to emotionally healthy spirituality begins with the commitment to allow yourself to feel. And I literally wrote "eek" <laughs> next to that because I was like, "What crossed it out? What? Yeah. what do I have to do?" You did not say that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's totally. been it's been a great. Um, just a great opening, like an opening of a door mm-hmm. to yes. understand Amen. it better and mm-hmm. to um, recognize that, you know, it was, it was really mind blowing to me just reading about just it laid out in facts in front of me that God has emotion. Mm-hmm. He feels grieved. He feels elated. He like, you can, yeah, like there's so many different things. You can find reference after reference after reference mm-hmm. in scripture that speaks directly to the emotions that God has. Mm-hmm. And we are made in the image of him. Yeah. And he wants us to have those emotions also. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you had kind of spoken to Mariah, you know, like there's 
it's not something that we can't make our decisions based just on emotion. And, and the book, this book speaks directly to that. He says right here, the issue is not by any means to blindly follow our feelings, but to acknowledge them as a part of way that God communicates to us. And just thinking about emotions as a way that God communicates to us Mm -hmm. makes me like, encourages me to not ignore them. Yeah. Like he's trying to tell me something. Caution, caution. Something's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, Like you need to pay attention. I'm having, you're having a physical response to this, whether that's like the knots in the stomach or, you know, just like even feel, nobody likes to feel anxiety. But it is a warning system for us. Mm -hmm. And I think one that he very intentionally gave to us Mm -hmm. to be like, you need to be on alert. There's something going on here that you might not even be able to identify right now why you're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But the fact is you are and I'm making you that way so you can be alert and you can be paying attention. Mm -hmm. And we're so quick to just want to shut that down Mm -hmm. and be like, nope, I'm just... I'm not even going to, I mean, I know I, I'm speaking for, for, for myself, just like you said, where I, you know, like this is how I deal with these things. Um, you know, I just totally just want to ignore that they're even there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this book has definitely challenged me mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that way around uh, being aware yeah. that we're having the emotions because we're yeah. having them, whether we're acknowledging that they're there or not. Yes. They're happening. Absolutely. Yes. I think this matters too, because I think, based on that, based on, you know, kind of those warning signals and the things, what comes out of us really, really matters. Because if we are saying that we are believers and lovers of Christ, that we want to model our lives after him, but what is coming out is the opposite of that, that that's not good for him. (laughs) Like in a way, like, you know, he's kind of saying, well, that's, that's actually a really poor reflection of who he is, the heart Mm -hmm. he has for people, the heart he has for us. Um, And I do think that, that, that's, that's part of why it's really important for us to understand that. In fact, this book, I feel like chapter two delineates, um, kind of does a really good job of an overview of what the entire book is about. All the other chapters really delve in deep. But if you see the book, it's got this um, iceberg on the front. Mm-hmm. And on the top, you know, obviously with an iceberg, the model is that you can see the top of the iceberg, but everybody knows that there's so much more underneath. Yeah. And it's that stuff underneath that we have to be alert and aware of. Mm-hmm. Because as we said yes. before, it's going to find its way out and if it finds its way out in a way that does not look anything like Jesus that is not great now we're human and so we we are made of flesh and we are going to at times it's going to get you know wild but I think the more we understand what is going on under the surface the more we can really accept that we do have emotions and they have um, intention they have purpose they have work to do in us then we can then better surrender those to him filter all those through him and when yes. they come out of us, there's life and growth instead of like hurt and pain. Yes. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I think that um, that's why we, I think that's why he had this heart to explore this whole idea. We're talking about Pete Scazzaro, the guy who wrote the book. Um, he had his own experience. Like yes. you were saying, Mariah, and it was way later in life too, yes. like way later, like way later than 27. I mean, he's just had this major like, wow, I am really living out of this false, fake yeah. self. And he had no idea who his true spirit self was. And he had to go on this exploration to figure that out. And that's what we're up to, too. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And who yeah. God, you know, created you uniquely to be, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like we all, you know, we're talking about the false self that he um, references a lot in chapter two, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I feel like we all, you know, have the tendency to 
want to at least you know speaking for myself being a, a seven on the Enneagram one of our one of our things that we like to do is we just we're people pleasers mm-hmm. and we love for people to love us and it's very hard for me when someone doesn't like me it keeps me up at night and so for me it, it was just kind of mind-blowing a little bit to think about how when I live in that false self that that person who wants everyone to like them Sometimes I'm being me, right? But other times I'm just being whatever people want me to be so that I can be liked because I have the ability to read a room and pretty much know what someone wants and then present that. And then I think sometimes people tell us what they want unintentionally, right? And then sometimes people do it, do intentionally. But Mm -hmm. I just remember one time I got invited to this dinner party at a friend's house um, and there were a few we were sitting at the table and conversation just was like lulling. I mean, no one was saying anything. It was just awkward. We've all been there. And I, yeah. And I could not stand it. I, I really truly could not. And I was trying to like not do it and not do it, but I just felt this need to just step up and all of a sudden start talking and start asking people questions and making jokes. Mm. And I'm not kidding you. I kept the conversation very exhaustedly for the entire wow. dinner. And afterwards I was exhausted and I could not wait for dessert to come out so we could all part from the table and, you know, just do you different things. Oh, yeah. And the, my friend who invited me came up to me and she was like, Oh Mariah, I just thank God you were here because I, that's why, you know, I always know when you come, you're going to be the life of the party. You're always going to, you know, keep, the entertainment going and keep people laughing. And she meant it very genuinely, right? Probably one of the sweetest compliments. She was like, you're just so fun to have around. So we always, you know, love to have you here. You'll, and, but in some way I was like, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be the person who kept everything going and who I didn't want to, but I, I kind of felt like if I wasn't, then who, who did, who would they think I was? Mm. And they bring, and then after that, I almost felt like validated. We're like, this is why they invite me places. Like they want to, like they expect this mm. out of me. And so, so now I have to be this. So now I have time. to be this oh. person. Right. And I'm not saying that I'm not this person, but I'll be honest. I'm not that person all the time. There's a reason that after that dinner party, I went home and didn't talk for an hour because I was sitting in my house. Cause I was absolutely exhausted. And my husband was like, what is going on? An hour from a rise a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just like, I, it's a lot for me to sit and not talk or do anything for an hour is a lot. Yeah. And so my husband was a little concerned. He was like, are, are you, you okay? okay? And I was like, I just sat for two and a half hours at a dinner table and like kept up the entire conversation. And I think part of me was expected to do that. And so, and so I, I use that example as um, your false self. Right. Yes. And, and, and I, I look at that and I'm like, Yes, part of that is me, right? I, I can be that person, but sometimes it's not. And it's that living in that false self, not being true to my, to, you know, to myself for one mm-hmm. and to the people around me who I care about the most. And then most importantly, not being true to who God created me to be. Yes. And I know that he has given everyone, right, certain things. You have that friend who brings the peace. You have that friend who brings the fire. You have that friend who brings the fun. We all have those friends. Yeah. And so we're made uniquely like that. But I do think that we do ourselves a disservice and our friends and our family and God when we, when we operate out of the false yeah. self. Yeah, and I think you're right. It's hard. And I think it's, I actually think it's an assault on, on our own, on our, to ourselves as well. Cause we are not, um, we are not allowing 
ourselves to be that authentic who we're called to be. And I think every time we do that, it's, it's falling into a temptation there. Uh, I think every time we do that, we slip a little farther away from who that true self is. And I, I actually think that this, the process of really grasping our true authentic um, spirit led self is a very long process. Mm, Maybe even one we never really finish until the day we go home um, to glory. But um, I don't know for sure, but it feels like that. It kind of does. Yeah. Right. Like it's probably going to be sort of part of the quest of life. I mean, you know, um, but there definitely is a temptation there. And I think, I think yes. a lot about Jesus, I think in two circumstances mm-hmm. when he had the same kind of thing going in his life, the one I think of is in Luke four, when he was tempted by the the devil, how he went out into the um, desert for 40 days and the devil tempted him. He, he basically said, I mean, if you can do, if you're so powerful, you can turn this, you know, turn these stones into bread. And that was basically saying, okay, achieve, perform for me. Yeah. Cause that was a temptation that Jesus um, faced and he he passed the test. He was like, no, I'm not going to perform for you. Um, the other one was, okay, make, you know, make all those, um, what, what is it exactly? I have it right here in front of me. Uh, let's see. He said to you, I will give you this authority over the glory for it has been delivered to me. And I have, let's see. No, no, no. This is great. This is great radio. This is great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you then worship me, then I will be, basically he is saying you um, to, to make what is down there below you, make it bow down, throw yourself down from here um, make it bow down to me. So he's basically saying like, okay, you can have that possession. It's something now you have. So the first one was, I am what I do. The second one is I am what I have. And the third one is I am what others think I am. Mm. The enemy was also tempting him to prove how powerful he was. And it makes me think of the situation that you're saying, like, you know, you, people think that you're fun. So you have to be fun. You have to prove yeah. that you are. It's in also order my to. pride though. Oh, sure. Shannon, oh, you're getting sure. me. Okay, good. I'm, I'm listening to that. I'm thinking about that story we just said. And, and in some way I think I was like, oh, well, she just expects all these things to me. But there was a moment mm. where I did not have to answer the call, you know? And I think, I think the thing is just my pride and, sure. and that, and you that's my temptation. Yes. That is my temptation Ooh. right there. So now I'm seeing my fault in it. And I'm like, oh, Lord, Jesus, help me. Um, goodness <laughs> gracious. Because that was my exact. I mean, you could have tempted me with like, write something else. I don't know. Let's make something up. Like, hey, Mariah, you could enter in this data in Excel. And I'd be like, nope, no temptation. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that is my kryptonite is yeah. being handed the opportunity mm. to show people how fun I am. Right. Mm. To control a room, to make people like me. Mm. I mean, pure vanity and pride. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I was handed that opportunity. It was devastatingly quiet at that table. And, and we, you know, I I answered the call and I did not have to, it would have been a very interesting dinner. Maybe it would have been a lot shorter of a dinner too, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to turn out for the night, early morning. (laughs) I gotta go. My dog needs to be let out. Yeah. (laughs) that we all have one of the one, I mean, we all struggle with all three of those, whether it is, you know, I am what I do. I am what I have, or I am what others think. Um, I think for me also, I, my struggle most with, I am what others think that whole, like, Mm -hmm. you know, prove your worth, um, show your popularity essentially is kind of what Pete Scazzaro's, you know, kind of points it to be. But, um, and then the other question is like, you kind of said to it, you said, what's your greatest fear in being your true self all the way? 
I mean, I think that that is something you kind of alluded to. And I think that's something that we all actually, I feel like it'd be really, really awesome to maybe go around the room and we can kind of reflect on that. What's your greatest fear in being your true self all the way? Yeah, Shannon, that's a, a great question. I, I think probably what I'm most scared about, people like knew me, knew me, knew me, right? Without the false self or whatever I, you know, put on in front of other people. I, just, I think I would just be scared that they wouldn't like me mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or they would think, I don't know, that I'm not serious enough, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. When, when deep down, yeah. I think... I mean, if you scratch at the exterior paint of a seven, normally you can find like a lot of anxiety. They're, they're pretty anxious people. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they, de- or for speaking for myself, they, I want people to know that I'm deeply emotionally intelligent and also just intellectually on point, right? I'm not saying I'm like the smartest person in the room because I'm definitely not, but there's a lot more to me, but I just think that I, I'm just, I'm just scared that if, I don't know. If you dig deeper, people will see the anxiousness and, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't like it because it's so contrary to mm-hmm. the the person that they see every day mm-hmm. and the person or, you know, the person they see at Bible study once a week. That's like, oh, my gosh. Hi. Mm-hmm. So great to see you or or all these things. And so the people who mm-hmm. are closest to me who have been let into those mm-hmm. ugly places. Right. Or those icky places, whatever you want to call it, um, do know that. Mm-hmm. But again, very far and few. And I think just very, very real fear of just not, yeah. not being liked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I mean, I could see how that would be a thing. Um, I, I feel like, especially like sevens, I feel like because you guys are actually, um, really complex. I think sevens are really complex. And I think they always get boiled down to just the fun person, yeah. but actually there's so much more complexity. You also are highly driven. I don't want this to turn into totally any grim thing, but it makes me, I'm thinking yeah. about you like yeah. highly driven, highly achiever. You actually are very highly achieved and um, all that's so much more to you than that. So I, yeah, that sucks that um, for it to be shrunken down to, but again, but we're talking about fear. So that is a fear. Yeah. It's not necessarily the, the reality of it. And hopefully that people can see all the different layers of you and that you can be able to acknowledge and show all the different layers of you. Cause I feel like even just in your sevenness, you're like, you almost don't want all the different layers because all the different layers point to, well, now I have to kind of understand those different layers and yes. how they function. And it's time. Time. Yeah, totally. Feel so that's how you feel the thing. So long you have to go right through it. Yeah, the tension that yeah. you live in in that is rough. It's I mean. just not, it's not fun. Right. Uh, not fun, right? That's the tagline. Not line. fun. Yeah, not fun. <laughs> that's that's the mantra. That's not fun. That's yeah. not fun. We don't want to do it. <laughs> that is fun. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doing that right now. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Shane? I know what, what yeah. is your fear? I feel like um, the greatest fear that I have that keeps me from being my true self, my real, actual, true self. It's funny because I um, have been meeting with a woman who has been coming to Living Word for forever. Um, and I've met with her off and on throughout my life. I've been at this church for 18 years. And um, she's a great spiritual mentor. And she's like, it's almost as if you have you believe that there is something that in you that you have got to keep covered up. Um, So I don't know if it's fear that of being my true authentic, my fully true authentic self, which as a four, I, I really like authenticity. Um, I'm really drawn to it. It it matters to me. It's a very high value. So Mm -hmm. it's just kind of 
weird, but um, that ultimately that that thing, whatever that is, that that missing component, which also fours deal with, um, is going to be exposed. And so I filter a lot. Like I feel like I, I'm like, oh, well, this is what I really think, but I feel like I should soften that or mm. kind of that kind of idea. Yeah. I want to, I will tell you still what I really think, but I want to, I want to soften it. I want to filter it. I want to send it through this thing. But really that actually is getting in my way of really being my true authentic self. So, I mean, I don't know, can that even be the fear? My fear is of just showing my true other <laughs> like the full, yeah. <laughs> like is that can that be a thing i don't know if i can really or maybe it's like it almost sounds like that that true authentic self like being accepted for who you are right yeah um, okay so that's perfect because i do think then it kind of boils down to and i fall to this temptation all the time that i am ultimately going to be boiled down to whatever it is you think i am mm-hmm. and if what i put out there makes you think this i don't want to put that out there so i'm going to yes. like be thinking a lot of like how can i not put that out there quite like that because I don't want you to think because then I feel misunderstood I mean this all revolves around kind of my foreness and like these under parts of of the way I'm wired and the way I function which has to do with um sort of the underneath of that um iceberg iceberg for sure um but I think that that's true I think that's it so ultimately I guess if you have to boil that down I I am saying that it is that I don't I don't want to be just what you think I am based on what I'm putting out there. Yeah. I actually am more than that. Because you're so much more. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that's my fear. I yeah. think that's it. Yeah. yeah. What I kind of hear you saying in that is like you feel like you're going to be boiled down to one thing instead of people being able to see all of what yes. you bring to the yes. table. All all of you and all the mm. the wonderful parts of you. Like if they get they think one thing, then you're going to be put into that box and that's all they're ever going to think of you, yeah. even though there's so much more right. wonderful things that are also there that for whatever reason in that specific interaction or in that relationship, it isn't being seen. And so then like that true authentic self is not there at all. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. Gosh. It's like I'm a therapist. <laughs> I know. It's like you do this for a living, Amy. Wow. That was so... Well done. I write you a check. I know. Is the time? Are we on a time meter right now? Yeah. I'll send you a bill. That was really good. And that's so, so true. Because I do feel like, I and I often feel like, I think the filter comes a lot from, I'm worried I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but I actually am because I am a lot of times a both. I don't really yeah. function in black and white. I'm like, I am that, but I'm also that. You know, I'm, I am this kind of gritty, like, I don't know, like grit and, you know, get her done, put on, pull up your boots. But I'm also like soft and loving and that like I'm, I'm both of a lot of stuff. And yeah. so I feel that's my authentic me, but I'm not sure that that's believable to others or I feel like that makes it wishy-washy or I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that was really, that was very helpful. Thank you. Well, glad I could, <laughs> glad I could have good words. <laughs> that was so good. I like words. <laughs> What about you, Aim? What keeps you? Oh, okay. So I've been sitting here, you know, thinking about this and chewing on it. And, and I know one thing that really one of my big fears is not being needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just part of, you know, the role that I played so much in my life is like just being somebody that can be there for other people. Um, but then there's this whole other layer of, um, you know, when thinking in the the terms of emotions and uh, my propensity to not feel those things, um, I don't think that, yes, I think that it is part of my 
just my personality. It's just, I'm very easygoing and, and that's great. I think that that's, that's awesome. Like not everybody in the room can be intense. You need people that are yeah. chill. You need people that are yes, going slow, yes. uh, you know, so that, that's definitely awesome. And, and that's great. Um, but I also don't think that God intended for me to take it to this space of just not having an opinion about anything or right. um, totally pushing my emotions to the side to give all that space to other people. Oh. It functions very well for me in my job because my job is to give space to people mm. and to give them that room to be able to talk things through and just be there as yeah. a kind of sounding board and, yeah. and, you know, can question them, challenge them if I need to. Mm -hmm. But like, it, it is about my client in that hour that they are in my office. It is about them. Mm -hmm. It's not about me at all. Yeah. So I function very well in mm -hmm. that, but I don't think that that is also intended to be how I, function my personal life also. Right. Yes. Like there there needs to be more of a balance, a give and take. Mm -hmm. In a professional relationship, yes, that is perfectly fine. That is the role of me as a therapist is to be there for that other person. Yes. I am my client is not there for me to talk to them about my problems. Right. right? It yeah. is it is a kind of they they I don't know how you want to look at it. They take the time take my time, yeah. which I love giving to them mm -hmm. for their stuff, you know, and but praise I, God for like, that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am getting something out of that relationship, but not yeah. in the same way yeah. yes. that you do in your personal relationships right. in a give yeah. and take relationship personally, mm -hmm. you know, it is your, you can share and you can, you know, all those types of things. So, um, I think it's a gift that, that God gave me in that, yeah. but I also feel like um, he didn't intend for me to take it to the extreme that I yeah. have realized that I did take it to. And I'm really trying to to step into that. But with that and really trying to find that true, real part of me and who he desires me to be, there is that fear that what if I'm not as in, in these situations as I come step into this and will allow for these emotions that I'm not always that person that is so laid back. And that is so like mm. go with the flow um, yeah. that is just kind of middle of the road gray, you know, like I don't have super strong opinions in most instances in either direction, you know, like I can see everybody's point of view. Yeah. What happens if that's, if that starts to change? Mm. What if that happens where I am stronger in my opinion or even in, in small things like, no, I don't want to go to that restaurant. I, yeah. I don't feel like <laughs> Tom. I don't feel like having Mexican food tonight <laughs> because <laughs> yes. I normally eat Mexican food every day of the week. You know, like yeah. which and I have done that. Like I have started to do that. Like no, I I I am not going to have Mexican three week three times this week. I'm just I can't. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. and just, I physically I cannot. Yeah, do like that. I just. Can't. <laughs> but you know, just like being able to say those things, yeah. being able to say like, no, I I don't really want to do that. Um, or <laughs> even more scary is like confronting somebody about something, you know, and being like, you know, you, you really hurt my feelings in that, or, you know, yes. like that terrifies me to be able to do that. And I just, I really appreciate people that can, you know, and like, yeah. we'll bring that conversation up. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I am so willing to step into the conversation when somebody else brings it up. Yeah. But like for me but to for bring you, it up yeah. is like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to rock yeah. the boat. I don't want to like yeah. cause conflict because mm -hmm. conflict, you know, creates division and, you know, mm -hmm. like all these ideas. 
It's interesting because I feel like you said you started by saying, I feel one of my fears is that I won't be needed. But I hear you. I almost hear you saying like that you're that actually the fear might be that your needs, whatever they might be, once you have an opinion or a need or something that you feel like you have to act on, that that will become the burden and that will be the boat rocker. Because I feel like the personality that you are, you are needed right? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that balance, that good sounding board, that listener that you, that you probably bring that wherever you go. But Mm -hmm. it sounds like the fear comes into when you're like, except for when I don't want to do that or want to be that or Mm -hmm. want to, that's, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying. That's the fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like that all ties together and like this fear of if I'm not doing that, if I'm not providing that consistently all the time, if I'm not always that solid, she's going to be cool. She's going to be chill. She's going to yeah. be, bring the calm and the peace. Like if I'm not always that, then am I going to be as needed right. yeah. in those social situations? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, all of a sudden you're not so like oh, go wow. with the flow. Yeah. So maybe yes. I don't want to engage with you in that way anymore because yeah. now you're making my life more difficult because yeah. you're not just Agreeing so, with me. Yeah, like so agreeable. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or you actually have a opinion on something that conflicts with mine and now like, ooh, this feels different. Do I want to keep engaging in this? Right. Yes. So that's like kind of where where my fear comes in and, and Got it. that makes sense. Yeah. And I can totally see how that just ties right in. You know, we kind of in chapter three, we were kind of discussing like the family of origin type stuff and yeah. um how you have to go back to your family or grow, you know, what that was like for you growing up to be able to go forward because that does play a factor. And I can, I can see that, you know, I was always the peacekeeper. Mm -hmm. I mean, even up until very, very recently, I still was just stepping into that role all the time, whether it was between my dad and my sister when they would butt heads and I would be trying to like be the middle ground in that, or, you know, all three of my sisters are all very strong personalities. You know, two of my sisters are eights. Mm-hmm. You know, the other one, yeah. I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what Carrie is, but um, she has a, a very strong personality. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like if there's tension between any of them, I want to be the one that's in the middle, like finding common yeah. ground for everybody or like just like bringing the tension down or like changing the subject, you know, <laughs> whatever that might be, just to like bring, keeping everybody oh. together, you know, and like I've always just been the solid, you know, like you can count on me. You mm. can like, I'm going to show up when I say I'm going to show up, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do, yeah. you know? And I've always just kind of played that role mm. in my family mm-hmm. in like being that solid person mm-hmm. and um, seeing how that in a sense has almost like stunted me in the emotional part of it in with, within myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel yeah. like I can, I'm very emotionally healthy outwardly, mm-hmm. like towards other people yeah. and being able to engage <laughs> and to read people and to just connect with to them. help them. Yeah. But then like within myself, like that's where I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no words for what's going on here. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it was like as natural as breathing to put words to what you were saying, Shan, yeah. but like trying to like put words to like what I might be feeling. I'm like, you know, like mm-hmm. I got nothing. Yeah. It's gibberish that Mm -hmm. is bouncing around in my head. So yeah, it's, I think that that, those family ties that, Mm -hmm. um, and even that level of, of differentiation that the book talks about and being Mm -hmm. able to, Mm -hmm. you know, separate ourselves from 
from our families, like stand on our own two yes. feet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's like a, such a conflictual thing in my head because mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm very differentiated from my family. Like I yeah. am doing my thing and I'm like, got all my, but at the same time, it's like, oh, but their, their thoughts and opinions mean so much yes. about who I am as a person and what I'm doing and yes. what I'm accomplishing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. that's, uh, Mariah, you were kind of talking, um, we weren't recording, but we were talking about the, um, that kind of scale that's in chapter three. And one of the things that you said was that in certain things you will land on a certain part of the scale and then in other parts of things that you do will be a, a different, different part. Um, so, and I just really resonate with that because I think that's true. I think there yeah. are certain things that we can feel like we're really good at and other things we're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. In the area yeah. of differentiation, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. 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 There's kind of a scale. So when we talk about differentiation, I like this little part here that says, I may not agree with you or you with me, mm-hmm. yet I can remain in relationship with you. I yes. don't have to detach from you, reject you, avoid you or criticize you to validate myself. Yes. That essentially is the definition yeah. of differentiation. Yeah. Yes. I love that one. Mm. I love that one too. He he actually has a couple really good explanations mm-hmm. in this first part about differentiation mm-hmm. that really um, makes make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having the ability to hold on to who you are and who you are not, mm-hmm. yes. yeah, and be able to recognize that, um, mm-hmm. and being able to affirm your distinct values and goals apart from the pressures around you, while still remaining close to the people that are important to you. Ooh, that's family. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, that's that, like, that is family right yep, there. Especially absolutely. if you are a. Um, believer coming from a non-believing family you know that that is that's hard Mm -hmm. and and you see a lot of friction with that or even just you know friendships I think I think everything changes when you come into relationship with Jesus and in a lot of ways it should right because not necessarily that people will change around you but you yourself as a person are changed because you now have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you and it will guide you and correct you and teach you and rebuke you and he will lead you to do other things right we always have the choice to say yes or no right but lord always gets his way to do do different things than he did before and so i feel like that creates so much tension sometimes within past friendships or um even just family um and it i think we'd be fooling ourselves if we say that our family doesn't shape us And in any way, even if you're not close with your family, right? I feel like when you hear like, oh, your family shapes you, you probably are, you think like, oh, because yeah, maybe you're best friends with your family, but I'm not best friends with my family. Mm -hmm. I'm not best friends with my mom and dad. I don't even talk to them. I don't Mm -hmm. even talk to my, you know, you can go anywhere on the sliding scale, right? You can go all the way to, I do not talk to my parents or maybe don't know my parents, Mm -hmm. right? All the way to me and my parents and siblings and family are all best friends and we're so close. I, I know I would beg to say that it affects you either way. Yeah. And I'm somewhere right in the middle mm-hmm. where I, we were going through the book and I almost had a, a hard time with chapter three and the title is going back in order to go forward. And the subtitle is breaking the power of the past. And it talks a lot about um, just going back to those family origins and, and seeing how it has affected you. And for me, I had a hard time. Cause I was like, wow, I came from, a great family and we didn't really argue a lot. We didn't really like, you know, we weren't really on one side of the spectrum or the other. We were kind of somewhere in the middle. All of my needs were met. Necessarily not all of my wants, but that was good for me because if I got everything I wanted, right, then <laughs> right, yeah. we'd be in it's a lot of trouble. Thing, yeah. yeah. So I had everything I needed and, and I parents who loved me no matter what, right. Whether I was 
number, finished number one in the golf tournament or dead last. My parents still loved me. And so I had a really hard time with it because I was like, man, I just wasn't shaped by my family. Wow. Like that, that I'm just somewhere in the middle. Wow. Look at me. I'm just so lucky. <laughs> and then <laughs> now going back and reflecting on it, we were talking about earlier, um, we weren't recording, um, it can be really hard. Shannon, you mentioned being in that middle ground because I, and I would, it would be just a coincidence. Like it would just be a crazy coincidence if it didn't matter. But now I have just such a hard time, like pinpointing feelings because we didn't talk about things growing up. We didn't talk about money, culture, sex, any of those things. Or we didn't talk about really anything growing up. And I'm not saying that it was bad, but I'm saying now I have a hard time talking about some of those things or I have a hard time pinpointing some of those things. And so in, in God's design, I was, well, you know, my, I, I was somehow molded, right, by my family. And God has placed us in our families for reasons. And it's God designed that we would be molded by our family, right? That our parents would have influence on us, that our brothers and sisters would. Um, you look back, so, you know, all wearing Bible and family is such a big deal. But there's also, like, generational things that happen. And so, I don't know, even it, it's just encouraging for anyone who is in the middle. I would challenge you to say, that if you think you're somewhere in the middle and you come from a really great family and you have all these things and you're just like, wow, there's no way, you know, that I was shaped by my family in a, in a bad way. I'm putting air quotes, right? Bad way. I would challenge you to go back yep. and pray on it and think about it and really be honest with yourself because there's nothing you can lose right. with being honest with yourself. And the Lord already knows and you can't hide it from him. But I would go, I would challenge, you know, whoever is in somewhere in the middle to just really think about it. Cause there are some things that you could probably pull out. And again, they don't have to be these crazy disastrous things. But for me, in my case, it was just, Hey, I have a hard time pinpointing feelings. I have a hard time having conversations sometimes. And thankfully the Lord is refining that in me. And it's something that, you know, with a, with the Holy Spirit's help, I can do better yeah. in yeah. my family, but it's, it's yeah. challenging, which I think is the whole point. And that's why, you know, I agree with you. Go back, you know, if, if that is you and you're like, you looked and you're like, I don't see anything, um, you know, worth kind of digging into. Go back and look again. Um, be willing to get curious with it because we're called to grow and to be better than the generation before. Like, I want my kids, I mean, I right now, I'm like, I don't think I did anything bad so far raising my kids. I'm sure I did. <laughs> but, I'm not, but, but I feel like I want them to be, I still want them to be better than us. Mm-hmm. I want them to communicate better. I want them to love yes. better. I want them to give more. I want them, I, I want that for them because that's good and healthy and that is what growth is. Mm-hmm. And I get it, a lot of times it feels like a betrayal um, to kind of, you know, pick apart your family, try not to see it as a betrayal and you can do both. You can honor your family mm-hmm. and be respectful of, of the way that they did what they did with your life and yeah. still, you know, dig a little bit and just ask yourself some hard questions and get a little bit curious. And then maybe even like be challenged to go and take that to your family and say, yeah. Hey, what, what made, why didn't you want to talk about some of this stuff? Like, what was yeah. that about? Were you just hoping we would figure it out? I mean, I'm sure there's a nice way to do it. I might be, I'm not going to give you the advice on the nicest way to do it. I'm going to be, cause I'm going to be like, Hey, why wouldn't you talk to me about that? <laughs> That's like what I want to just like put it out there. But 
I'm sure the Holy Spirit will give you a great way to do it. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid of that. I think that's great. I think, you know, and I, I do, I do hear that whole, I feel like it's such a betrayal to, to kind of, you know, pick apart my family. They were so wonderful. They did the best they can do. I believe we all do the best we can do, but I still believe that it's worth just looking and checking it out and exploring mm-hmm. a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like um, the one thing I want to leave us with before we go is that we were going to, uh, in the midst of our, whether we're functioning, let's see, when we're functioning in our true authentic self, even when we're functioning in our true authentic self, we are going to disappoint people. Jesus disappointed so many people. They, he did not he didn't walk out exactly who they thought he should be. That was mm-hmm. his mother, his brothers, the disciples. Yeah. That was the spiritual leaders of the day, the Pharisees. That was across the board. And so you, I want to say he he still knew exactly who he was and he knew exactly who he wasn't. And he walked in that with confidence. And I believe that we can do the same. We're called to the same. Yes. And I don't know if it just would be like, guess what? You are going to disappoint people. You just are. Yes. Um, when you're functioning in your authentic self, you are still going to disappoint people. And I say, like, that's okay. Let's all just be willing to still trust who we're being called to be. Allow the Holy Spirit to call us into that authentic, spirit-led self and function out of that, regardless of what's going on all around us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can do that with his help. We can do that. And this is why we explore this stuff so we can figure yeah. all that out and walk all that out. Yeah. So yeah. good so, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Love it. yeah. We can never disappoint yeah. God. And, and right. I think, and I think that's the best thing is, is I have disappointed my husband. My husband has disappointed me. Those yeah. words and they're pointed at me are like knives to my heart. Cause yeah. that's one of the biggest things that mm-hmm. I, I hate to do to people. I think pretty much all of us, right. Is, we fear having someone we love and yeah. respect and care about so much look at us and be like, I am disappointed in you. And to know that God will never be disappointed in us because yeah. when he looks at us, he sees the blood of Jesus. Yeah. It's, I mean, it gives you butterflies and tingles, right? Mm-hmm. Because we, we can't disappoint the Lord. And to know, to know that, I feel like for me, I feel very encouraged walking away, but, you know, being my, true authentic self because yeah. the Lord knows who that is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just the one barely discovering it. Right. He knew it all along. There's nothing I can hide from him. So he knew this the whole time. I'm just walking into it. Yeah. 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 I feel like that makes me think of something I just heard this morning. And it's a quote from the author of the shack that he used multiple times over and over and over. And um, I heard it on a podcast this morning and they were talking about how it's great to hear that God loves you. Like God loves you. That is huge. But I think it's even more powerful because I think the word love, we mess around with it. We've done so much to it. It's even more powerful to hear this. And again, this is what the author used over and over in that book is God is especially fond of you. Mm. He is especially fond of you, exactly who you are, exactly where you're at. Um, And that's what he thinks about you, of you. He is fond of you. Oh, amen. So great. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Right, Mariah. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. What an awesome episode to get to unpack um, this awesome topic of emotionally healthy spirituality. Thanks for sharing. I can tell it's really made an impact in your life 
Yeah. Yeah, it's been a really good. And I recommend if you are someone who is trying to dig into your emotions and see how they're related to God, mm-hmm. pick up this book and hit your knees and pray because yes. it's good. Yeah, it's that good. is good advice. I will second that advice for sure. Sure. Hey, you guys, listen, we reference the Enneagram quite a bit in this episode. So if you are wondering what on earth we are talking about, if you go back to our episode number seven, we give a really good overview of what the Enneagram is, and that will help you make sense of all these numbers that we've been talking about today. Yeah, for sure. That was a fun episode. (laughs) Um, Stuff that we have coming up, uh, basically the big one is Eden Gathering. Yay! Uh, That'll be on February 19th. Uh, 6.30 here at uh, Living Word in the sanctuary that will be in person. Um, and we will be talking about sex, uh, which is our, our February jam. That's yes. We, yeah. we do it it's a tradition. It, it is a tradition. Um, so um, I will be speaking along with um, Liz Kettlewell. She is a professor up at Skagit Valley and she teaches in human sexuality. Yep. So um, I think that's going to be really good just for, to t- we're going to touch on a, a number of different things. There's going to be a little bit of educational stuff there, you know, just the differences between men and women because we do work different just physically. But mm-hmm. I mean, and of course, we'll also be speaking to the emotional um, differences that that definitely play into our sex lives and all of that. Um, you know, biblical truths that come along with this topic. Um, we really just we want to embrace talking about this in yes. the church because it's such a good topic. And you know, this um, this talk is for everyone. Yeah, this yeah. is for teens. It's for single ladies, married ladies, um, those who have had sexual experiences outside of marriage, um, mm-hmm. people who are um, maybe in a, a committed relationship and they're trying not to do that yeah. right now because they've made a commitment to that. Um, so, you know, this is just going to be a really great, great place for us to um, challenge, um, just be able to step into maybe some convictions that we're feeling mm-hmm. and just be courageous in speaking about this with other women and, you know, from that um, that healthy biblical way. So yes. we're really looking forward yeah. to just engaging in this with everyone mm-hmm. and um, just looking at it from from more than one perspective. So I'm really super excited about it. I think it's going to be good. Then we will be at the end of the night. Actually, I think we're going to be giving out um, just envelopes to everybody mm-hmm. for while uh, we're speaking. So if you have questions mm-hmm. that come Ooh. up that um, either we don't address or it's something that you're just really curious about, mm-hmm. um, it's all going to be anonymous. So um, any question that you have, you can put in that envelope. We'll be collecting those and then we will be doing a follow-up podcast that will air on the 26th of February, where we'll answer those questions. Liz yeah, will be here nice. with us. Um, so we will have her as part of that as well. And we will just really dig into some of those questions that that y'all have, um, which was I think was really great about the last one was getting to have questions from mm-hmm. yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to be able to do that again. So yeah. we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do that. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Be good. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna pray us out. Um, Heavenly Father, we just praise you for our emotions, um, and we thank you that you teach us um, how to balance, you know, the importance of our spirituality and what we, who we know you to be, in conjunction with our emotional being. You created us this way intentionally. We want to get to know this part of us. We want all parts exposed, um, not just for exposure's sake, but so that we can surrender them over to you because you are 
you knit us together so individually, uniquely. You um, wire us, you know every single thing about us. We want to surrender these parts of ourselves to you so that we can function in the most, most healthiest way possible. So we trust it to you. We pray that you would um, just speak into this area in our lives for those who are listening out there who have never explored this before. Um, give them guidance and direction for those of us who are walking through Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, the book right now. Give us um, wisdom and courage to continue to press in. Ultimately, Father, we say we want to honor you with all we do and say, and that includes how we feel. And we want to surrender it to you. We trust you. We love you. In your holy, holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.